Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. The Have the Conversation Podcast. Have the Conversation Podcast. Real people, real conversations. I am pumped to be part of Have the Conversation. Joining in on the conversation this week is Annette Presley. Annette has been a dietitian for over 28 years. She's also a certified functional nutritionist, author, and creator of the Mommy Maker Method. After discovering the diet advice she'd learned as a dietitian was contributing to chronic disease, she changed course to learn about functional nutrition and nutrigenomics, which is how nutrition impacts genetic expression. With a divine calling to this niche and a background that has influenced her work, Annette now is able to help women literally manipulate their genes so they can say goodbye to infertility struggles and say hello to being a mom. After the episode, if you'd like to connect with Annette, do some further digging on the topic, or just want to find a book or product that was mentioned, head on over to htcpod.com for it all. I was dying to know what made you get into this work. <laughs> well, um, so I've been a dietitian for 30 years now, and about 14 years in, I actually found out I had a license to kill. <laughs> That's how I describe it. <laughs> Do you explain? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I found out that the advice I was giving out um, specifically on fat and cholesterol actually caused chronic disease and obesity. Wow. And, yeah. And so, so what advice was that? Um, to eat like canola oil and vegetable fats and don't eat saturated fats and, yes. you know, avoid egg yolks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, like getting rid of the cholesterol and the saturated fat. Um, so yeah, it turns out, so, um, I spent about a year going through the science on all that, and we've never had any scientific support for this fear of saturated fat and cholesterol. Mm. Um, and so that totally changed my trajectory. <laughs> um, I kind of got into functional nutrition and, um, and then one day I'm at church and God told me to go tell Sharon, I could help her get pregnant. <laughs> Just out of the blue. Yeah. 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 I'm just, I'm at church, you know, and you're, you know how you, after church, you kind of scan the audience for someone you're looking for. Totally. As soon as she came in my eyesight, God said, go tell Sharon, you can help her get pregnant. Oh my gosh. Were you nervous? Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't know her that well. I didn't even know she was trying to get pregnant. And of course I'm thinking, who does that? (laughs) I mean, I can't just walk up to somebody and tell them I can help them get pregnant. That's weird. Oh man, had you helped anyone today? Yeah. No. Yeah, I had never done anything with pregnancy before. And so this went on for about four weeks. So every single Sunday, every time Sharon would come into my line of sight, I'd get the message, go tell Sharon you can help her get pregnant. And so finally I'm like, okay, fine, just stop harassing me. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, geez. Loud and clear. <laughs> um, and so I gathered up the courage. I went over um to her and um you know i'm kind of eyeing the exit <laughs> while i'm back there um and i'm just like okay uh sharon this may be pizza but if you're trying to get pregnant and it's not working i can help you and and she took a step back her eyes got really wide and, and she told me you know we've been trying for almost two years and we decided we didn't want to do IVF, which is in vitro fertilization and so i was so excited <laughs> that I, it, you know, she needed help. That you know, I'm just like, oh, great! Then I can help you. So yeah, I didn't have to make an exit, a quick exit. So that was good. <laughs> so so she was receptive, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I met with her and her husband, and I uh, tweaked a few things in her diet, and specifically had her take iodine. Um, I did a little skin patch test, and she was definitely deficient. So we did that. And three months later, she was pregnant. Three months. Yeah. And that was your first kind of patient that you helped with infertility. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she even had me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So. But I was, I was homeschooling my kids at the time, and I wasn't really thinking, you know, about having a business or any of that. Um, but then a couple of years ago, I was um, scrolling Facebook. Nothing better to do. So. As we do. <laughs> right. Guilty. <laughs> and um, someone in one of my local mom's groups posted about her second failed IVF attempt. And 
I was reading the comments and the number of women who responded with similar stories and some of them were on their ninth cycles. Whoa. Like I I was floored. I have no idea that this was so common. And that's I mean, this is just my little area in Texas here. You know, not even nationally. <laughs> and so um and I just I fell on my knees and I cried. And I mm-hmm. said, God, we have to do something about this. Um, it, it's this just can't. I just can't imagine. I mean, I can imagine a little because I actually struggled to get pregnant with my first child. So I understand, um, like the toll it takes on your relationship, and sex becomes a chore. Um, you know, and those kinds of things, and it's it's just irritating and frustrating and exhausting. Yeah. Um, you know, but I didn't. I quit trying because I couldn't hack it. <laughs> so, um, you know, so many women are, this is years of struggle. And I just, I just thought there has to be a way out of this. Mm-hmm. So curious because you said, so you needed to find a way out. So then you started looking to food. How can you help me like piece how the nutrition component came into it and kind of how you started walking through that? Yeah. So I actually, I started thinking about it and I'm like, why is infertility on the rise? And I found out um, infertility has been rising by 1% a year since 1990. And so, yeah, in like in 1980, less than a million women struggled with it in America. And today that number is close. We're getting close to 7 million. And so I just asked the question, okay, what has changed between 1980 and today? Like, what's different? Um, because, mo- and, and then it really hit me is that most people focus on the mechanics of getting pregnant, like getting the egg and the sperm connected. But what's really happening is that our biology is no longer a match for our environment. And so we have, we've, uh, technology has changed and that impacts our health. Um, we have hydrogenated oils and canola oil and, you know, all the bad fats we were told that we should be eating <laughs> since like 1994. Um, we have, you know, the childhood vaccines have gone from, I think I got six, and now it's like 70. Yeah, you know, 70 between what ages? Um, yeah, from, from like one to six, I think. I mean, it's 70? like, it's insane. Yeah. Um, and we've never tested any of this stuff. Mm. And then genetically modified organi- organisms were put into the food supply in 1990 without telling anybody about it. But they do cause infertility in animals. Can we back up just a second? Because I'm so curious how you made the connection between the um, vegetable oils creating heart disease and chronic, sorry, chronic disease, um, and kind of where you turned to to get your information within that next year to kind of learn the science behind it. Yeah, I was actually preparing to do a talk on fat at the local health food store. And so I just thought, Oh, it would be good to brush up on my fat chemistry because it had been a while since I went, went to school. And I'm kind of a nerd, so. <laughs> Same. We get yeah. it. <laughs> Why do you think she asked the question? <laughs> well, I read, I'm curious. I read a book last year. Sorry, Calla, I heard this. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> it's called The Big Fat Surprise, and it was about oh, yes. a lot of use. Okay, so mm-hmm. did you read it as well? I have read that one, but that wasn't the one that changed my mind. Okay. Um, so there is a book called uh, Know Your Fats by mm-hmm. Mary Ennick, and she had a PhD in biochemistry, and she was an expert on fat chemistry. And so I'm reading her book, and and I'm realizing okay, she's contradicting everything I've been taught. <laughs> so so I'm reading the book; it disagrees with everything I was taught, and we we're taught in school pretty much to automatically reject anything that goes against what we're taught. Um, that's how the healthcare system works. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not the first time we've heard that statement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I knew she was right about trans fats because I had already seen evidence that those were bad. Um, and so I figured if she's right about that, I have to admit she could be right about everything else. And I'm the kind of person, I just want to make sure I'm not giving out bad advice. Um, you know, I actually want people to get better than not yeah. worse. So, um, so that's when I went through all the references in her book and just looked at all the studies. And what I found is, um, a lot of the studies, like in the eighties, combined trans fat with saturated fat. 
So you're, you're not going to get results from saturated fat on that. The trans fats are going to skew that because we know those are bad. Um, and and those, those are man-made, right? Those trans are the fats? man-made ones, right? Okay. Like in margarine. Yeah. And so when, when you combine those two, you're not getting an inaccurate result. And then other studies checked for so many things like salt and vegetable intake, fish intake, and all these things. And it's like, well, how do you know it was the saturated fat that caused the problem? Because there were too many other things going on there that could have been responsible. Um, you know, so there's those kinds of things. And then one study, um, the Lipid Research Coronary Clinical Trials or something, <laughs> some long name, um, back in the 70s, they, or it might have been, it was probably in the 80s, um, so they studied two groups. So one group got a cholesterol-lowering drug, the other group um, did not. They were both put on a low-fat, low-cholesterol diet and educated by a dietitian. And the conclusion in the abstract was that it seems prudent to follow a low-fat diet. Um, the problem is that the diet wasn't studied in this um, study, so you can't say that with any kind of scientific integrity mm-hmm. um, because both groups were on the same diet. Why do you think saturated fat was demonized and targeted? I think because the pharmaceutical industry gets a lot of money on cholesterol-lowering medications. <laughs> so I, that really was the start of it when um, we were able to test cholesterol in the blood. Um, and in 1984, they had the cholesterol consensus conference where they basically determined that a cholesterol under 200 was bad. And so everybody needed to be put on these drugs, but they didn't prevent any or present any science really supporting that. And they neglected to present any of the opposing views, um, in the, in the, they had opposing views at the conference, but in the write up afterward, they left all that admitted those out yeah yeah (laughs) exactly it's very convenient so i mean when you have consensus like that like Mm -hmm. um what's happening now is that's not science um and it doesn't mean you're right (laughs) it's so hard to just do any kind of valid trial on someone's diet because no one's walking around you know telling them not to eat certain things or telling making sure they are eating right things that they're supposed to be so there's yeah, so many factors. Yeah, and they're, they're all based on food frequency questionnaires, and we all know those are inaccurate. People kind of know what to put in there, mm-hmm. um, you know, to make them look better. Um, and then Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, say. <laughs> not judging, just saying. <laughs> That's what happens. So they're, just, they're not that accurate. Um, and then when we do these... Uh, food frequency questionnaires, we lump things together like saturated fat with sugar. And I mean, sugar is going to skew the results of that. So, um, and then the Framingham study, they actually came out that lowering um, cholesterol prevented heart disease or whatever. The actual study showed the exact opposite. So those who lowered their cholesterol actually had a higher risk of dying. How did they get away with that not becoming the new rule? I have no idea. <laughs> I, money. I mean, so it's money. Yeah. yeah, the sugar industry. Yeah. So what would you say contributes to chronic disease if it's not saturated fat? Um, vegetable oils. So, okay. the, yeah. So there's, um, I kind of, so there's saturated fat, polyunsaturated fat, monounsaturated fat, and then the trans fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of liken it to Red Rover, Red Rover. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So saturated fat is like a line of 300-pound football players. And the polyunsaturated fats are like a line of toddlers. Okay. And so um, if you have the football player running into the toddler, is that going to be Quite an well? image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hide your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody's going to get hurt, right? Yeah. So that's what the polyunsaturated fats do. Um, they have these double bonds in their structure that saturated fat doesn't have, and every double bond makes the structure weaker. And so it's kind of like wearing a kicking sign, you know, where you're inviting damage. Um, and so yeah, that's from what? Um, from inflammation. So the, okay. these oils are just so inflammatory. 
Um, and they'll get incorporated into your cells, but the cells can't really use them because they need those saturated fats. And, and so this is one reason the aging, anti-aging industry is doomed because these oils make your skin really weak and wrinkly and all that. So we have to, you know, put creams on and fix that <laughs> when really we couldn't wow. see that as fast. Um, yeah, and then the food industry makes money because it's cheaper to use trans fats. They last longer yeah. um, and they're cheaper. And so, yeah. Do you know what a mess we've made? Yeah. Yeah. No, reading that, that big fat surprise book infuriated me. And then, you know, it's, uh, I'm a personal trainer. So I talk to my clients about nutrition, but getting people to think away from what has been, you know, pounded into their minds for the last 30 years is almost impossible. I mean, especially Mm -hmm. because I don't have a doctorate in anything. So it's kind of like, ha, huh, okay, like my trainer says this, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But it, those, those studies that they have in that book were just, it, it sounded like too, a lot of the studies validating that um, saturated fats weren't bad for you were defunded or kind of swept yeah. under the rug, um, which is manipulative and, and terrifying. And now our country's, what, is it over 60% overweight now? Yeah. Yeah. And- and we took that huge increase in weight ever since we put these vegetable oils on the market and got rid of saturated fat. Do you know if, if dietitians are still being taught the same way? Like, do you take continuing education with any of that information in there or, or anything like um, that? Yeah, I try to do continuing education that's not sponsored <laughs> by yeah. me. How sad you know? is that? It is very sad. Um, but I do, I think they are still being taught that um, because, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, there's still a lot of, you know, eating more of the canola oil or the avocado oil or olive oil. So it's at least they're switching to like avocado or olive, which is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But they're still trying to avoid the saturated fats. Wow. How were you yeah. going to say something? No, I was just, it, it, we, we talked about this and, and because of that, now there's this infertility issue on top of it that that is now coming to light you know since the 1990s so when you're helping women with this is is does it always start with food and what they're putting in is that where it usually is the baseline yeah so i always do um like the first thing i do is test for iodine deficiency mm-hmm. and so far I have a connection there been. yeah um so iodine and we know this because we've studied you know um third world countries um, but without iodine, you really can't get pregnant. Or if you do get pregnant, you're not going to stay pregnant. And if you manage to stay pregnant, you're probably going to have a child that has allergies, asthma, autism, ADHD, low IQ. Um, like it's, it's huge. We know that iodine, um, makes healthy babies and we know it makes healthy pregnancies. Um, and iodine is actually, every cell in the body needs iodine. Um, and it's stored in a very high amount in the ovaries. So anything like um, polycystic ovarian syndrome, endometriosis, fibroids, cysts, all of that is probably an iodine deficient, um, has an undercurrent of that. And is it? And, and nobody checks for it. I was going to say, I could have used that 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Three. <laughs> That's how old my twins are now. We went through IUI and I am, I had picos i had endometriosis i had all the cysts i had surgeries to get pregnant you know all those things and put my body through that and to know that 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 was never even anything that was mentioned to me and i hate that (laughs) yeah it it is it makes me angry because so much of this we could prevent and and we could reduce so much of the suffering that Mm -hmm. goes on just i mean iodine is a cheap trip i mean it's a cheap cure very inexpensive, yeah. easy to test for. So, would people be taking like iodine drops as supplementation, or can you get it in your diet from specific foods enough to? Yeah, you can't really get enough from foods. Um, so, you could try to put like kelp flakes on your food or eat um, seafood. The problem there, of course, is you have to make sure it's clean source because that's contaminated. Um, but generally, if you want to fix an iodine deficiency, you're going to have to take a supplement. Okay. And do you kind of see how deficient somebody is and then yeah. dose their supplementation? Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. And then you have to look at other nutrients like selenium that has to be in a good supply before you start iodine. Um, salt is actually hugely important. So that's another thing that we're telling people not to eat. <laughs> um, and actually a low salt diet is a contraceptive. So it can actually prevent relating really? pregnant. Yeah. Why is that? Um, well, the body just needs salt and it actually helps um, prevent things like preeclampsia and complications of pregnancy. Um, and so there's this tribe of Indians in Brazil. I think they're the Yano Mamo Indians. Um, <laughs> we'll fact check. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually Yano Mamo. <laughs> And um, they have a very low salt intake. They have a live birth about every four to six years. Um, they're Whoa. actually pretty violent people too. And so that there might be some relation with salt there as well. Um, but they have a lot of sex. They don't use contraceptives. Um, but their low salt diet just prevents them from having a lot of babies. And what does Maybe iodine do if they're angry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't, don't need any more Yana Mamas coming around. Right. <laughs> but what is it about iodine that is helpful for women getting pregnant? Yeah. So iodine actually helps balance the hormones. And, and so, um, like all the hormones need to dance with iodine. And if iodine is available, um, you might get estrogen kind of doing a dance all alone on the floor naked. You know, which nobody wants to see, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm there. Typical Sunday for Cal. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that, that's kind of how it works. It keeps it, iodine keeps all the hormones on the dance floor doing their part. So they're, they're doing their part and not taking everyone else off the floor and doing a solo kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, and we're so deficient because um, all of the toxins that we are exposed to either have bromide, chloride, or fluoride um, attached to them. And those three things, so I call, I don't, do you remember the Munster family? Mm -hmm. Okay, so iodine is like Marilyn. She's the normal human piece. <laughs> yes. Um, so bromide, chloride, and fluoride are like the um, monster families. The okay. monster of, yeah. So <laughs> iodine lives in a family of monsters. Only they're not nice like the monsters are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they do they attack the iodine supply or how does yeah, that? Yeah, they basically kick her out of the way. Why don't they cohabitate? Yeah. Yeah, they kick her out of the way. And so they will actually um, attach to the iodine receptors in the body so the iodine can't attach. And unfortunately, bromide, chlorine, and fluoride can't use those. They don't work the same way that iodine. And so they kick her out, and then we have all these toxins, and we're not getting the iodine that we need to balance the hormones, and so everything's just going crazy. Would you ever tell someone who's not trying to get pregnant, or asking for a friend, <laughs> not, not trying to get pregnant at the moment, would somebody like that need iodine potentially as well? Yeah, I actually think every woman should probably test for it, um, because it's also involved with breast cancer. And we never hear anything about that either. But, I never have. Yeah. Mm -mm. Um, but it's probably one of the biggest reasons why we have such a high rate of breast cancer is because we're iodine deficient. And even ovarian cancer, cervical cancer. Um, so like with Sharon, she actually had the beginning stages of cervical cancer. And she didn't tell me this when I saw her. Um, but three months later, she got up at church and told her story about pregnant and she mentioned that she was diagnosed with cervical cancer and it was like too soon to for the doctors to be able to do anything about it yeah <laughs> so she had to wait for it to get worse oh my god yeah, yeah. which is insane yeah. um but when she got pregnant she no longer had cervical cancer and i think it was the iodine did something in the system. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've heard with like um, estrogen and especially like after hysterectomies and things like that, that like the synthetic estrogen can really cause a lot of like the breast cancer issues uh -huh. and things like that. And so I, I wonder what that correlation is there is if it could be offset by a little bit of that iodine. That's very interesting. Yeah. I had no be. Yeah. 
Have you done any research on birth control and how it affects the female body? Um, Not a whole lot, but I do know that it does um, negatively impact the body. And the problem with birth control is it doesn't fix the problem. Um, And so, you know, the root cause of whatever hormonal issue is going on, birth control will just mask the symptom. It's it's like putting a Band-Aid on. Um, So you're not actually fixing the problem. And so I don't recommend it. Um, it, A lot of people have pretty bad issues with birth control. Yeah, Yeah. that was my experience over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's an easy, quick fix for the doctors. You know, they get rid of your symptoms and, you know, <laughs> they don't have to deal with you. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. Dang. Yeah. Dang, dang, I know. Dang. I need to process that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's and a lot. How would somebody get an Is it a blood test for iodine or how would that work? Um, the iodine loading test is the best one, and it's a urine test. Um, okay. It's not. I mean, you have to collect your urine for, you take a 50 milligram dose of iodine and then collect your urine for 24 hours. But that's mm-hmm. definitely the best way to determine how deficient you are. Um, and then if your result is less than 90%, you're deficient. Less than 90. Mm-hmm. And how many women that you see are iodine deficient? Uh, so far, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Like heavy periods or terrible PMS symptoms? Yep. Wow. Yeah, I think any hormonal kind of issue, iodine should always be checked first. That yeah, is so why funny. haven't we heard of this? Have why been. is this like not like a normal, like why isn't this out there? Yeah, well, so iodine used to be in every medicine cabinet and the military carries it in war. Um, they may still do that, I'm not sure, but it's not in every medicine cabinet anymore. Yeah. Um, and then what happened... Uh, they, there was some study that they did on rats, and they found that iodine caused hypothyroidism or something. Um, the study was very poorly done. Nobody has ever been able to replicate it, which is kind of a standard in science, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? kind of to validate results and stuff. Um, and then penicillin came on the market, uh, and, you know, you can't make any money on iodine. Mm-hmm. So, and we're back. <laughs> I'm like, why? We just really do mess everything up for everybody. We're the, we're the yeah. cause, of, cause of our own, you know, yeah, it's essentially a problem. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons, you know, so many people are having a hard time with the infection going on is because of all the bad advice we've been getting as far as health. Um, and of course, you know, we're handing out donuts, <laughs> right? You know, and stuff, which just makes no sense whatsoever. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I heard yeah. um, a podcast. It was on uh, Joe Rogan, and he had a doctor named Susan. I think Humphrey. it was Susan Swan. Oh. Maybe? And she talked about phthalates in plastics contributing yeah. to infertility. Do you do you have knowledge on that at all? Yes. So um, one of the things that I do is I start helping people get rid of toxins in the environment. And so plastic is one of the main ones. Um, and I think plastics either have bromide or fluoride um, with it, and so that's like one in of their the reasons, makeup. Okay. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. Um, and so that's one of the reasons they're so bad. Um, but yeah, we have. To, I mean, we just we have toxins everywhere, um, and our body just is not used to processing all of that. And some people just can't process it quickly enough, um, or it starts accumulating body and that's when we have things like infertility but also things like diabetes heart disease cancer i mean everything is is going to be related to these this toxic exposure how do you is there go ahead go ahead ahead. (laughs) i was just gonna say is there a process when people say have all these fertility issues they start on the iodine is there almost like a shedding to kind of get that how what does that look like yeah so that's where salt comes in Um, Yeah, so you will start um, detoxing bromide when you take iodine, Um, but if you're getting enough salt, you won't notice it. You might have, like, sniffles or something like that, Um, but if you don't have that salt, uh, you're not going to be a half camper. (laughs) Really? It's that that kind of intense? Yeah. So I always, before I start supplementing, I always have people start um, putting, like, a quarter to a half a teaspoon of sea salt in water every morning um, Mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks. Um, to kind of salt load them for a bit 
Um, and then they need to keep eating salt while they're using the item. Would soaking in salt work out of curiosity? Um, it would probably help too. Yeah. With like the Epsom's and, and yeah. things like that. I was just thinking, okay, very cool. Thank, Thank you. We got some that. salt fans over here. Yeah, yeah. we are. I, I, me too. <laughs> Good. Perfect. <laughs> So, yeah, and, and that was magnesium in it. So that's also, most Americans are magnesium deficient. And yes. that's involved in, I don't know, 3,000 reactions in the body. Yeah. Um, and stress depletes it, you know, and so everybody's stressed out, and especially like infertility. That whole journey is very stressful. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It sure is. Tell those firsthand. Hmm. Um, I was going to ask, so when you're asking people to start kind of detoxing their lives, what are some things that you recommend them doing like externally, not necessarily by nutrition to get rid of toxins in their life? Yeah. So the first thing is to look at the products that you're putting on your skin. So shampoo, conditioner, makeup, um, lotions, all of that kind of stuff. And you just want to make sure that you're getting stuff that doesn't have all these phthalates and um, ingredients in there that are toxic um, and really the easiest way to do that is to go to a health food store and find something there <laughs> um, and then oh what's that app healthy living I think is an app and some and you can scan with the barcodes of products Ooh. and yeah um, and I think think dirty is another one that does that cool. where you scan think, the barcode think dirty you said yeah think dirty okay and healthy living Wow. The healthy living is associated with the environmental work, working group. Okay. Um, now, they don't have, like, not all the products you scan are going to show up, but a lot of them will. And so you can kind of get an, a sense of how non-toxic or toxic they are. Okay. Very cool. Really I, will, I will be downloading those after this. I'm excited <laughs> to scan everything in the house. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And then aside from what you're putting on your body, what are you washing your clothes in? Um, and dryer mm, that's a big are, one yeah it's huge because i mean you wear your clothes all the time right and your sheets and all of that um and then dryer sheets are really toxic so i don't recommend those at all um so if you need something in the dryer put a wool ball in there yeah. um mm-hmm. and sprinkle it with some essential oils or something. call it good yeah. yeah and then the one everyone hates and i'm i'm such a bad guy <laughs> Uh-oh. I, I don't believe it in that. <laughs> um, fingernail polish is yeah. very yes. So. so my mom was using because she's got brittle nails, and she was using this top coat to help harden mm-hmm. and strengthen her nails. She was getting this like swollen eyelid it, for for weeks and maybe months, and she had no idea where it was coming from. She decided to stop using that nail hardener and it was because she would, you know, scratch her eye, making her eye flare up. And that's just from the outside. Right. Yeah. And these things are getting absorbed. Um, And then even like um, feminine care products, you know, for napkins and tampons and things like that. Um, You know, if they're genetically modified, you're going to get those GMOs inside your body. That is an assault. That frustrates me so much that like all the the name brand tampons and stuff they're all they're all that yeah right? exactly. you have to search for organic feminine products yeah but i guess that's with everything nowadays yeah yeah i know yeah with everything everyone just use your app <laughs> yeah, use yeah. Your app. <laughs> but yeah we all have to be detectives and we have to read labels and we have to keep reading them because sometimes they change and so mm-hmm. I was buying a product that was perfectly fine. And then I reread the ingredients one day and it's like, oh, they have, I don't know what they have, either high fructose corn syrup or something, you know, that I don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, mm-hmm. um, and so you, you do, you have to stay on top of things. Now, do you advise specific types of diets for specific people or is it pretty much just like, least processed the better how do you work with people in their diets yeah so my first rule is eat real food so whether you're great rule yeah yeah <laughs> plant-based animal-based or anything in between eat real food mm-hmm. um now i personally do not work with vegans because you cannot get a healthy baby on a vegan diet it's okay. just not going to happen can you um, explain that? that just yeah, yeah. i would love yeah. to know more. yeah so one of the things i do is 
DNA testing. Um, and one of the things I do that for is because I can find a lot of um, explanations for things um, that unexplained infertility can't explain. Um, and one of those is vitamin A deficiency. And so a lot, most of us um, genetically just cannot convert beta carotene to vitamin A. So beta carotene is found in plant foods like carrots and um, yellow, orange color fruits and vegetables. And the body can convert it to vitamin A. But vitamin A is what we actually need. And so if you can't make that conversion, eating beta carotene doesn't do anything for you. Um, and so vitamin A is only found in animal foods, particularly the foods that we're told not to eat, like butter, cream, um, liver, those kinds of things. So like animal fats, particularly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we we need vitamin A for a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. Um, and so I don't recommend vegan for anyone under the age of 25 um, because you really should have your brain fully developed before you stop eating animal foods. Make that switch. Yeah. Wow. And then no, if you're trying to get pregnant or pregnant with nursing because that's going to affect the baby who's under 25. <laughs> yeah. So you say that you don't work with vegans. Is that because you tried and you realized you, you couldn't help in an effective way or? No, it's really because I can't with a clear conscience um, help them have a child who is going to be raised vegan because it's just not in their best. It's not for their highest and best good. Have you um, tried to have conversations with vegans like that before? Yeah. It's so very charged. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So I actually I need uh, vitamins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had I worked at Natural Grocers for a while, and I had two clients come in who were both vegan, and they were having horrible digestive issues and just all kinds of problems. So um, I told both of them, um, stop drinking your green drinks for a month. Eat butter and eggs. Just add that to your diet for a month. So one of them took my advice. The other one wouldn't do it. Um, the one that took my advice, she came back a month later and she said, I'm feeling so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one came back and she's trying to avoid me. <laughs> <laughs> you got both ends of the spectrum there. Right. Then. Yeah. She <laughs> told one of the other employees, you can't talk to a net. So tell me to eat butter. <laughs> God forbid. Um, yeah. She kept coming in. She was miserable. And I was like, um, and so my, my huge thing with diet, um, for getting pregnant, I think an animal-based diet is better. Um, so mm-hmm. you need those animal foods. You need the liver and organs and, and those kinds of foods. Um, but first of all, you need real food. And then second of all, we need to stop paying attention to what other people are eating and pay attention to how the foods we are eating make us feel. And so if we, yeah, <laughs> I support that message so much. Yes. Yeah. Cause if we, if we don't feel good after eating a plate full of vegetables, well, okay. Maybe a plate full of vegetables isn't the right food for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and vegetables do contain toxins like oxalates and phytates and things um, that can negatively impact the digestive system. It can cause joint pain and all kinds of problems. So if you're having, pains anywhere, you can't digest your food, or you were bloated, um, then I would experiment. And, you know, if you feel particularly bad after eating something, stop eating it. Right. And see what happens. It's crazy how most, I would say the majority of people don't make the connection between how you're feeling and what you're eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's become like a, an ideology. Um, and so really, diet is not the right place for an ideology. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have to get the nutrients, um, and animal foods have more nutrients than plant foods. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. Um, and you you can look up the nutrition labels, you know, and, well, and see for yourself. <laughs> and and a lot of times, like, because vegan is a very restrictive diet to be on. So now mm-hmm. there's all the Beyond Meats and the you know just vegan <laughs> snack foods that are all chemicals. Um, what do you, do you have a view on? on oh, those? yeah. I have a feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. The floor is yours. <laughs> well, so you're eating Beyond Beef and Impossible Burger. Okay, those aren't real food. They're made in a laboratory, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're getting your food from a laboratory, you, you really think that's healthier for your body than something 
um, that God made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we, we keep trying to improve on God. And we're never going to do that. I don't know why, when we're ever going to learn that lesson. But <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just mess things up. <laughs> yeah, And factory farming is also kind of part of that. You know, mm-hmm. trying to play God. Um, do you recommend people get like more grass-fed options or mm-hmm. free-range stuff? Like yeah, that? local grass-fed um, because we want our animals treated fairly. I mean, I agree with the vegans. The way we treat our animals is horrible. It's terrible. Yeah, Correct, yeah. And, um, I mean, there's a reason why it's illegal to go into some of those chicken farms with a camera because yeah, it's bewildering for people. Yeah. Yeah, and we should not be treating any kind of life form like that. Yeah. Um, and so we definitely need to change things. And then with the industrialized agriculture, we get all the pesticides and herbicides like glyphosate, which cause problems. Um, and so if we would do more sustainable farming and get things local and kind of know our farmers and, and who provides our food and, you know, maybe if we had a better um, view of them instead of making it seem like they're not important <laughs> because they're like mm-hmm. hugely important. Um, and you'd also solve things like food poisoning. You'd limit it to, you know, a certain number of people. But when you have industrialized agriculture, it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't true. don't eat shrimp at a casino. <laughs> That'll teach you that lesson real fast. <laughs> I know from experience. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to the lips. Yeah, <laughs> don't eat shrimp at a casino. Um, that's so funny. No, I want to. I want to jump back a little bit because when we were talking, uh, you you made a kind of a comment about um, when, when women who struggled with infertility um, or or get pregnant, but then they have issues come out kind of in their ch- with their children. Mm-hmm. Um, that's near and dear to me. Can the supplementation with iodine be used in children once mm-hmm. they're in the world and, yeah. and success. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just use a smaller dose. Okay. Wow. Is there such thing? I guess, yeah. Iodine poisoning is a real thing. Cause they talk about, or no, I'm thinking mercury. Po- it, well, so yeah, any, I mean, any mineral could become toxic if you take too much of it. Okay. Um, and also if you take it in isolation. So that's another problem with, our food and nutrients is we tend to isolate everything. So like everybody's taking high doses of vitamin D, but vitamin D works with vitamin A and vitamin K too. So if you don't have all three of those, you're going to cause problems if you're just taking the D and it's the same with iodine. So with iodine, you need that selenium, you need magnesium, the B vitamins, vitamin C. Um, and so you just have to make sure that you're, you're getting all those nutrients around it and then it won't be a problem. Okay. Can we talk about nutrigenomics? Am I saying that right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you did it. I haven't pulled up the the pronunciation and I still can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Nut- nutrigenomics. Okay. Nutrigenomics. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's basically the study of how food impacts your genes. And so the great thing and one of the reasons I do DNA testing um, is because it, it shows us areas that um like it can show a possible choline deficiency vitamin a deficiency um whether or not you're detoxing properly methylating and all these things um and the good news is our genes are not um they don't determine our destiny so we can actually turn on genes that express for health and turn off genes that express for disease simply by the foods we eat and what we expose ourselves to in the environment which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's, you know, another reason why you want real food um, and you want to avoid as many toxins as possible because that will actually help turn on the good genes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Genetics is obviously like quite a factor. Would you be able to put a percentage on the epigenetics versus genetics, you know, factor in your body? Yeah. I wouldn't know the exact um, number, but it, I'm pretty sure it's high. Um, so I, um, I've only tested women so far, but I'm just now starting. Um, I'll be starting to test both partners. 
with the DNA. Um, But the women who have the MTHFR mutation, where they don't methylate properly in the body, if both partners have that, that significantly reduces their chance of getting pregnant. Um, And so if you fix that, which is it's a pretty easy fix, um, you know, then you remove that barrier. Is that just a supplement? Yeah, you can, well, it's, yeah, and and you have to use more than just DNA. So I also use other lab work. Um, Mm -hmm. The DNA is kind of like a blueprint. So it can kind of show us what we should be looking for. Um, But then nutrients like um, the right form of folate, um, riboflavin is also hugely important. And and that gets missed a lot. But sometimes the methylation problem is a problem with riboflavin deficiency so you just kind of have to look at the whole thing does iodine do anything for men yes so prostate cancer um is on the rise that is probably related to iodine deficiency wow so everyone is everybody yeah yeah. do we know what most natural source that was i know like, where do you get it from? <laughs> Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So food wise, like seafood would have yeah. it, um, seaweed. And so right. the only problem there is mercury poisoning, you know, that kind right. of thing. So, and the plastics now in the ocean. Um, so we really don't have a pure source anymore. We, we don't, unfortunately. Um, not, not to correct the imbalance that we have and we have such a huge imbalance because we don't eat those foods but we also have all of the the toxins in the environment like bromide is found in everything it's in carpet cars computers um i mean we can't avoid it it's just it's everywhere fire retardant clothing and you know if you think about that we put our children in fire retardant clothing um pajamas every day um or there's fire retardant mattresses and and all of that kind of stuff. Pajamas so, are fire retardant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, all of them. Um, they put well, <laughs> every I, single I, one. <laughs> Looked at pajamas in a long time because my kids are like my youngest is twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're out of that but, world. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check the label. Um, maybe they started making some without that, or the or there's maybe organic versions. Mm-hmm. But are like kids lighting themselves on fire all the time? I don't understand why they have <laughs> no, to be. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was about either because I'm like, well, how many kids have burned? Like, I, <laughs> who did this that we had to put a label on here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that question. Yeah, I don't know. That's so wild. That is so wild. So when you're sourcing items, how important is? I mean, obviously that has to be very important. You have to know your sources yeah. of where you're getting it, and is there? iodine that's probably not as great on the market like is that a thing <laughs> well so like iodine salt isn't all that great um really it usually evaporates before you buy it in the store so it, it doesn't okay. really do you any good so i actually recommend that people eat unprocessed sea salt like redmond's real salt um or you can do himalayan or celtic like rock salt even yeah yeah, yeah. that's just really anything good. from the sea that hasn't been processed and bleached and all that kind of stuff yeah. Um, and then add, you can add um, Maine Coast kelp flakes or dulce flakes or, um, so they oh, yeah. actually test their products um, for mercury and lead and different things. And they would um, sprinkle so, that on, like, yeah, their meals? Yeah, sprinkle that, yeah, with the salt, yeah. Does it add a lot of fishiness? It kind of does. I mean, yeah. I, uh, so yeah. I do you I want the benefits. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So don't put this on your cereal is what I'm trying to try to ask. Yeah. I prefer the pill myself, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, there is a pill form. I didn't know if it was like a dropper or how you did it. That's yeah. Um, there's yeah. Lugal solution comes in in liquid and then there's also pill forms, um, with a combo of iodine and iodine. Mm-hmm. Um, and those would come in like, I think at six of it quarter milligram dose, 12 and a half and 50 milligrams. Mm-hmm. Wow. Gosh. So what else has you excited with, with your business now that you are back? I'd love to hear kind of what you're working on or what you're excited about. Yeah, I'm actually doing an iodine workshop um, on February 17th. Okay. Um, yeah. To get that information out. And, um, and so I think I'll probably be doing workshops um, like that periodically, maybe once a month. 
Um, I'm thinking about starting like a, I don't know what I call it, kind of like a support group. Um, and I, I just recently added theta healing to what I do. And so that's kind of a way to help um, get rid of beliefs that hold you back and unforgiveness mm. and that kind of thing. What is um, this about that? Yeah. yeah. Theta? Yeah. Theta. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a really fast healing process for trauma. And um, so what we do is uh, we ask questions of the client and kind of find out, um, you know, based on certain things that have happened to them, we'll uh, come up with statements like, I am obligated to be less than good enough, or, you know, I'm obligated to um, not be a mother. Uh, you know, just various things that they picked up along the way from maybe a miscarriage or, um, or even younger than that. So, like, for example, um, I, my grandfather actually died in my arms when I was five. Oh, my God. Which, yeah, horribly traumatic. Yeah. Um, I, because I was five, I didn't know what was happening. I was terrified. Um, and I remember, uh, like, about a year later, I skinned my knee and my, do- my mother wanted to take me to the hospital. And I threw the biggest fit ever and screamed and cried and pleaded and begged, do not take me to the hospital because I thought I would die because that's what happened when you take people to the hospital. Um, and But I found out through all of that, some of the beliefs I had, and I also disassociated. And so I spent my whole life feeling outside of everything. Like I, I could never get in and everything. And so that was all that. So baby feeling clears all of that. Um, and so now I no longer feel like I'm outside. I actually feel like I'm a normal human. <laughs> wow. Wow. Welcome to the world. That's yeah. amazing. That's such a beautiful statement. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, and so it's really powerful. It's super easy. Um, we, we just go straight to God with these beliefs um, and, and ask him to change it for their highest mm-hmm. good. Is and there then, a reason you use the word theta? Um, that's just what it's called. Um, so it actually changes your brain wave. That okay. is like, yeah, you're, you're dealing with the theta brainwave. And so you're kind the, of bypassing the conscious. Okay. And, and maybe working with both what's conscious and unconscious. That's like the, the wave you're at when you're meditating. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That's yeah, so cool. The, yeah. The client doesn't have to believe in God. Um, just the practitioner does. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So it's, how did it's you get really involved cool. in that? I actually have a friend who does it, and she's been trying to get me into it for a while. Um, and so I finally took the classes, and I'm I'm really glad I did because I think this is going to be a game changer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because now I've got iodine, which nobody does. <laughs> this is pretty crazy. I have not heard of an iodine workshop before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the DNA testing, which not very many people do. Um, and I find that actually gives a lot of hope because you can actually see, oh, there's a reason. And I can do something yeah. about it. Um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. important information for people because it is like when you are trying to get pregnant, it is mm-hmm. so as for as common as it is, it's such an isolating thing to walk yeah. through. Yeah, right. And and to you know, like you you may have known some family members that have gone through it. You may not. You may be the first you know in your family to walk through that, and and to have that information at that yeah. level, I mean, yeah. that's pretty amazing. It's, it's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, I think what I wanted to do with this group, I want to create like maybe just a monthly group, um, where women can kind of get together with other women in the same situation. So they realize they're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. cause I think that's huge because people feel, do feel so isolated and like they're the only ones suffering from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't realize how common it is. Um, but then I was going to do like maybe a, a little theta healing in the group. Um, <clears throat> cause you can do a group. Get it from all angles, Annette. That's what you yeah. should do. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely found so. your niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Really so I'm really cool. looking forward to this year because um, I think we're going to see a lot more babies. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. Faith seems to be a very big part of, of your story. Has it always been that way? Or Yes. Um, so I actually grew up in a cult and fortunately, oh, not like, okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. You have another hour. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Um, not the gun packing sex time, fortunately. So I'm not totally, <laughs> <stuck>, but, 
I don't know. They all do damage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this mm. one was, um, it, like, well, it was mostly messianic view with a bit of Mormon and Jehovah Witness thrown in just to cover mm. everything, basic. Um, and it was just very strict. So, like, we didn't celebrate Christmas and Easter and, you know, the pagan holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, we kept all the holy days in the Old Testament. Um, we thought we were the only true church. We didn't believe in the Trinity. There was a whole bunch of things there. Um, but God actually changed that church when I was 28 um, from the top down. So that that has never happened in history before. So I came from the only cult that has changed. So, so the cult changed values and beliefs when yeah, you were so they, 28? Yeah, so they actually joined mainstream Christianity. Um, pretty, I mean, we're probably a little bit different. Um, so we didn't believe in heaven and hell like we're, um, it's particularly hell, um, like most Christians do. So I don't have, um, I don't have the same indoctrination that a lot of Christians have. And I didn't come into Christianity thinking they had everything right. I was completely wrong. But what I learned from the cult is that it's possible for me to be convinced I'm 100% right when I'm actually 90% wrong. Wow. (laughs) That just gave me chills. I know, me too. Yeah, That's a lesson. That it was a very powerful lesson, and that's translated um, into all your work. Every yes, and so coming out of I, I also came out of the low fat cult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it, it's exactly the same. Um, so with coming out of the religious cult, uh, whenever you have that indoctrination, and we all are indoctrinated somehow, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have that kind of indoctrination it's really hard to overcome that because you like, I get these little panic things periodically and say, what if we were right before and we're wrong now, you know, kind of a thing. And it's the same thing with the nutrition, you know, what if saturated fat really is bad (laughs) kind of a thing. And so every time I get one of those, I would just, with the religious cult, I'd go to the Bible and with the nutrition, I'd go to the science. Mm -hmm. And every time it would be like, no, I'm good. Oh. Good. I can rest easy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it really has served me well. So I tend to hold very loosely to things, um, except for Jesus. I got I have a very tight hold on him. <laughs> um, but everything else is very loose so that I can receive new information and process it with the old. Um, and so for me, um, like with religion, I'm in the sandbox playing with God. I, we've got all these toys mm-hmm. and I'm testing them out and, and whatever. And sometimes I leave them in there because I don't quite know what to do with them. Sometimes I get mad at them and throw them out, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, but for me, it's, um, it's theology is like playing. And so I test things out, I experiment, um, and I keep what, what fits. And for me, it's like going, um, I have this line that goes from fear to love. So whatever draws me closer to love, that's what I, accept and whatever draws me to fear I reject I love that metaphor yeah. Yeah. that's going on a wall somewhere yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's so so good wow it's wow. such beautiful work you do mm-hmm. it, it really is and I'm excited for for the future and like you said more babies and yeah and, and healthy babies to boot and, and healthy moms too yeah and that's probably what I where I stand out too is I actually start from the healthy baby and work backwards mm-hmm. um, because I don't think it's good enough to just get pregnant. Um, you you have to be able to stay pregnant, but you want a healthy baby at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know um, with, with the change in hormones and stuff too, um, postpartum mm-hmm. is iodine mm-hmm. helpful in that come down oh, to definitely. Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, and if women are eating the animal foods, um, especially like the cream and butter, liver, those kinds of things, they're not going to have a problem with postpartum depression. So, okay. yeah, yeah, like this works. All right, Leanne, all I know what I'm going to one down. Yep. <laughs> to be chewing butter for nine months. I'm going right. to send you the best kit you've ever seen. <laughs> uh, Just make sure it's refrigerated. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to drive it over. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much Thank for your you. time, Annette. Yeah, you're welcome. This is so much fun. Yeah, good. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> I, I always, I kind of feel like I'm just processing everything that you told me because I really feel like that would have helped me so much. Yeah, back then. So it, it really, really helped. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah I actually had a friend who was scheduled to have a hysterectomy. And um, her husband lost his job and they lost their insurance. So she had to cancel it. So mm. I put her on iodine. And six months later, she had insurance, but she didn't need a hysterectomy anymore. I mean, it's it really is criminal what we're doing um, by not testing that one thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's why I don't have much to say because I just want to yell. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, and I almost quit nutrition entirely when I found out about the fat. Um, yeah. I was so mm. angry. Um, but I really felt like God said, nope, somebody has to tell the truth. And that's, that's just it. Yeah. If you were to leave, you'd be doing everyone a disservice. Like you gotta, you gotta raise hell, fight back. It's, it it is the mainstream message, but I think with, you know, podcasts and how easily available information is, it'll get out there. I mean, the, the results speak for themselves, you know, obesity is not going away. Heart disease isn't Mm. going away. Infertility isn't going away. So it's just a matter of time before we realize what's working and you're going to be one of the pioneers that is getting that out there in the beginning. I think that's huge. Yeah. If we can support your message in any other way, please, please don't hesitate to reach out to us because this is something that we totally want to get behind. So it's really important work. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) you guys getting the word out. Of course we'll do our best. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Annette. You have a great day. You too. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HDC community. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Convo. For information on all of our shows, guests, and more, visit htcpod.com. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk soon.